Welcome back, everybody. When you start investing, all you want to do is be successful. And believe it or not, being successful isn't as hard as you probably think it is. There's just one big obstacle that you have to conquer. And that obstacle is you. Yes, you're the problem. Or more specifically, all of us individually are our own problems. And the reason for that is because investing is much more of an emotional and behavioral exercise than a mathematical one. So in this video, we're going to talk about a couple examples of how we get in our own way and what we can do about it to become better investors. And believe it or not, the first thing we can do is forget that we have investments at all. Let me show you what I mean. Now, according to Business Insider, Fidelity did a study around 2014 of their clients' accounts. And what they found was that the accounts that tended to perform the best were the ones from clients who had either died or had forgotten that they had an account with Fidelity at all. You heard that right. People who did best were ones that didn't even access their accounts. Now, there's some debate on whether or not that particular Fidelity study was real or not, but there's been plenty of information over the years showing that the more people mess with their investments on average, the worse they do. There was this great quote, investing is like a bar of soap. The more you handle it, the smaller it gets. Now, like everything with investing, it depends and there's context needed, but I do think there's an important lesson here because what we think a successful investor looks like versus what one normally might look like is very different. And this is conditioned in us with how investing is portrayed in movies, TV shows, and on the news, especially with the financial news. According to them, successful investors have three screens with crazy charts going everywhere, CNBC on all day so that they don't miss any updates, wearing their suits and yelling buy or sell. And that's because what you see on TV is usually a glamorized version of what a trader might look like or maybe what a trader on Wall Street might look like, as opposed to an investor or maybe more specifically a buy and hold investor. Now, there's definitely overlap between trading and investing because technically anytime you buy or sell a stock, it's a trade. But there's definitely differences as it relates to approach, mentality and goals between the two. And if we look at just some basic differences between buy and hold investing and trading with buy and hold investing, we're buying based on the fundamentals or underlying value of a stock. And we sell based on changes in those fundamentals that we either don't agree with or don't want to hold anymore. And in terms of investment timeline, the plan is usually to hold investments for multiple years. Whereas if you look at trading, now trading can also buy based on fundamentals and value, but they also include technical signals. And in some cases, they're primarily using technical signals as opposed to fundamentals at all. And when it comes to selling, it's the same thing. Even though it may be based in part on fundamentals, it's usually using technical signals, and in some cases, only technical signals. And in terms of time horizon, obviously this is going to depend on each individual trader, but usually the idea is to only hold stocks for months, weeks, days, or maybe even hours. So again, I'm oversimplifying the differences here, but the point is that it can be really confusing when you're just starting out, because a lot of times people think they need to be traders because that's what investing looks like. When the reality is that buy and hold investing is something that is much easier to comprehend when you're just starting out and probably fits people's natural personalities and risk tolerance much better than active trading does. But if they made a movie about a buy and hold investor and showed their process, it'd be the most boring movie ever. You read a 10K, you looked at a chart, you read a couple articles, and then you bought. And then you just held it for 10 years, checking in once a quarter to see how they're doing, and it went up a lot, and you didn't touch it. Yeah, fascinating. Rotten Tomatoes is going to hate it. And so instead, we get movies like Dumb Money, where the message really comes across as blindly hold a stock just because another person does, and have some romanticized belief that you're, quote, sticking it to Wall Street by doing that. 
And just to be clear, I actually thought the GameStop and Wall Street bet stuff was fascinating when it happened because it had so many parts to it that were interesting. It showed the power of an online community and what it could do and the power of just one single person on YouTube who liked digging into stocks and had some contrarian ideas. And all that was amazing. And in general, the movie was entertaining. But when it comes to actually investing, the movie pushes ideas that, in my opinion, hurt people more than help. Because investing for most people probably shouldn't be very entertaining. It should probably be pretty boring. Which brings me back to my point. If you're a buy and hold investor, in general, the less you try to do and change, the better you will likely do. And I know that we all struggle with it. The buy part is easy. The hold part is what's hard. Like, have you guys noticed in my videos, anytime that I talk about my investment strategy, I always say that I want to attach myself to companies. My strategy to achieve it is I want to attach myself to companies with wide moats. And I do this on purpose. I never say I want to buy the best companies or pick the best winners or have the best returns. I say I want to attach myself to companies because my mindset is that I'm buying parts of businesses and hopefully great ones. My ideal holding period is forever if they keep doing well and their dividend growth continues on to where I get a nice income stream in the future just like a business owner might view their own business. But I fully expect the company to do most of the work over time, instead of me doing the work of trying to get in and out of every company when a new headline drops. I'm attaching myself to an actual business I believe in so that my family and I can benefit from it. That's how I view buy and hold investing for me, and it just helps me remember that the goal isn't for me to be some stock market genius, because I'm not, or that I need to react to everything that I hear. It reminds me that these are actual businesses that have ups and downs and not just stock prices on a screen. And being that we live in our internet-dominated world, that issue becomes even harder, because we're constantly bombarded with information every single day, some of it useful and some of it not so useful. But it naturally makes us think we have to do something about it but we don't. Just take a look at the different analysis that's out there right now for Apple. You have holds, sell, buy, strong buy. Like, How can anyone make a decision with this amount of variation of opinion? And of course, Apple's the biggest company by market cap and one of the most talked about companies in the world. So even if you look at news articles, there's three, four or five news articles a day ranging from Apple's going to get into search because of the Google default case to Apple faces an app tax increase in Japan to Apple leading the way for the new tech bull market. It's impossible to read all those things and assume they have something meaningful to tell us or that we can be expected to have an informed opinion about all of it because we can't. And that's okay. We always assume that everyone knows something that we don't. Now, in some cases, that'll be true and in others, it won't. My video about Amex a couple weeks ago showed that. There was an analyst on TV talking about Amex and basically just acting like it was a card company in the same vein as Visa and MasterCard. And I broke down why that wasn't true. But that person was on TV, so we attached some level of authority to them compared to our own analysis. Or even this classic clip from CNBC where it's someone talking about a company they really, really like, strong earnings, and they don't even know what they do. Yeah, so, well, Upstart's up about 25% just in four days since we since we bought it. We bought it on uh, about four days ago. Uh, so that's actually made a, a nice little move in the uh, short term, probably a little extended right now, but longer term, uh, that that's a that's a, a good-looking uh, name. Uh, very powerful, very strong earnings. These stocks are What do they do? Really I don't well. even know them. What do they do? Uh, excuse me? What does Upstart do? Uh, well, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm sorry. What kind of company is it? Yeah, I'm not. You're you're breaking up. Oh, 
Uh, well, sorry I guess we, we've got an audio problem there, Mark. I'm sorry. So again, we just assume that people know more than we do when they may just have more confidence than we do in talking about these things. I would argue if you're actually looking at your company's 10Ks and investor presentations and understand how their revenues are broken down, you're probably ahead of the game in terms of understanding the company more than most people are. So while it's human nature to wonder if we got something wrong or if we made a mistake or something's changing, it's more important to focus on the criteria that you defined for your investment when you bought it and concentrate on monitoring that as opposed to trying to catch and process every headline. And look, worst case scenario, you may have times where you're just wrong and that's okay. Every stock that we pick doesn't have to be a winner. You only need a few great winners to do the job. And Warren Buffett has talked about this, which we've covered before. And Peter Lynch talks about it as well, saying only 6 out of 10 need to be winners to do really well. Okay, so I think we've talked about the problem enough. What can we actually do about this? There's three pretty straightforward things we can do about it. One, do your research up front and know why you bought a company. Make sure that it fits your investment goal and strategy like we talked about last time. And make sure you understand the key things that you bought it for and what you expect of the company going forward. That way you know what you're expecting to hear and see from them as time goes on. Which brings me to the second thing that we can do. Two, monitor your companies and evaluate their progress based on your original investment idea and not the headlines. We know the market can have wild, irrational swings, and we know that headlines can be misleading, and it makes us worry. But if you did your research up front and you know what you expect from your companies, then we should monitor them with that in mind instead of whatever's in the news for the day. Now, here's a couple examples from my own portfolio. When I bought Walmart, it didn't meet my criteria for dividend growth, but I liked the company and their outlook, and I projected that they would start increasing their dividend at higher levels. They usually announce that in February, so we'll see what it is and if it meets my expectations. But up until then, they've been continuing to grow revenue and profits, and that's okay. Sure, the Ozempic news came out that people would spend less. The retail theft and shrink news came out that retail stores were getting hit hard. But none of that really matters to me because I have something concrete that I'm looking for and expecting from them, and I'm going to monitor it with that in mind. Another example I had was Starbucks. I love their core business and their dividend growth, but they had some operational challenges that they were working through. So each quarter, I'm obviously watching their dividend growth to see if it continues to be at a good level, which they just raised it 7.5% in September. And then from a business perspective, I'm seeing how their growth and operation stories unfold. Continued international growth, continued growth in the U.S. through average ticket spend and improving margins, and increasing their membership program. And those are things that they talk about and report on every quarter, which I'm following. So I don't have to worry every time I hear a story about union workers walking out or some boycott or something. Unless it shows up in the numbers and their quarterly earnings, I'm not going to worry about it. And I think history has shown, especially nowadays, the headlines and articles are a lot more scary than the reality most of the time. And if it ends up that all the stories are true and they report earnings and the stock tanks, then okay. I'll chalk it up to a loss or getting a smaller gain than I would have had, but I think more often than not, it turns out to be nothing. And then lastly, the third thing we can do is simply stop looking at all this stuff so much. And as much as I love the internet and what it's done for us, when it comes to buy and hold investing, it's a gift and a curse. Because we have access to so much great information to learn about companies at our fingertips as retail investors. But it also means we have to deal with the constant barrage of new information, emails, alerts, tweets, all with varying degrees of reliability, tone, and truth. And it's up to each of us individually to deal with that. And that's hard. And sometimes the absolute best way to do it is the least complicated one. Just put your phone down, close your laptop, head outside, play with your dog, go meet your friends for lunch, or call your mom and talk to her for a while. 
Just think about it this way. If your investment time horizon is years, every time you decide to look at your phone for that fourth or fifth article about Apple, you're making it that much harder for yourself to actually stay the course. So whatever stock that is may or may not end up being a winner for you, but the studies show that it's more likely to be one if you just put your phone down and go outside. Hope you guys have a great day out there. Financial independence is true freedom. So keep building and stacking wins. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.